Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about hiring an estimator part two with the help of special guest Brian McLean of Sardone Construction in Dallas, Texas. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. You know, it's kind of funny. I can't actually, I don't actually believe that I have a show, but I guess I do. So uh, if you got some ideas about something that we can put on the show, uh, let me know. Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So this topic actually came from one of our listeners in the Seattle area. We've already done one episode with Chris Fox from Fox Home Innovations in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, Got some great insights into their process for hiring an estimator. I thought it'd be great to have a second point of view so that, you know, just like the, the episodes we did on bonuses and incentives, If you get two or three different people talking about it, some of it's the same, but then some of it is very different. And so you get a very different uh, perspective. I mentioned in the intro for the other uh, episode that years ago uh, at trade shows and seminars and stuff like that, you would hear the experts, the consultants, the trainers, the business owners talk about how to grow a business. And one of the things that they would almost always say was, What you want to do is you do everything for a while. And then at a certain point, you dump off or you get rid of the things that you don't like to do. And I think now that our industry is maturing and getting more as a true businesses, the topic is really, or the point is really that when you can put somebody into that role that does it better than you or is a professional, if you will, or that's what they do. They don't do a whole bunch of other stuff, but that's what they do. When you can do that, then that's when you make the move. And so when we're talking about an estimator and we're talking about going from business owner estimator to a full-time estimator, when that person can focus their attention to it entirely and really give it all there, then you might come up with a better product. So it's going to be interesting to hear what our second guest has to say. So Steve, let's jump right into it. Okay. So Brian McLean is with Sardone Construction in Dallas, Texas. He started eight years ago as lead carpenter, then moved to production manager. The company switched from lead carpenter system to project management system. And once the production system was up and running, he he took on the role as estimator and is now in charge of production and estimating as a new partner slash owner of the company. Welcome to the show, Brian. It's good to be here. Hey, great. So this is fantastic. So give us a little bit more. We do this with every guest, but give us a little bit more about the company that you work for. How big is it? How many people do you have in the company? Maybe even a little bit about the estimating process. In other words, where does the estimator get engaged in your process? Right, right. So, uh, <clears throat> so our company is about ten years old, um, out of Dallas, Texas, and uh, we're a design build company. Um, we average around, 
you know, 15 to 18 construction jobs a year. Okay. And um, kind of the average size of job that we have is around 250K. Okay. Just to kind of give you some context yeah. with what our estimator is going to be working with, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, the estimator really comes in, comes into play, um, you know, when the uh, construction documents um, get presented to us. So we've gone through sales, we've gone through design, and now we're wanting to uh, start bidding a job. Okay. So as soon as the, that bid set of plans is ready, it's handed off to our estimator. And then that's when his process starts. And so when you say uh, in the intro, it was mentioned that you went from lead carpenter to project managers is 99% of your work subcontracted the actual labor, or do you have some in-house people as well? Um, it's, it's about 99%. Okay. Subcontracted. Yeah. Okay. So basically the estimator is looking at pulling all those numbers together and putting them into whatever form and coming up with that price. Correct. Correct. Cool. Okay. So I, I know you're the, you're a partial owner. Now uh, you have a, a business owner that you've been working with probably from the very beginning of the company, I think. Um, when did you, what, who did the estimating before maybe Steve did some and then you did some and now you have a full time and, and, and how did that work? Was that effective? Did it, did it produce what you wanted it to produce? What was the, what was the mechanism before you had the full-time estimator? Yeah. So uh, initially it started out with the owner, Steven, he was uh, doing the estimating. Okay. Um, that went on for a few years. Um, and then we, uh, hired an in-house designer okay and then the estimating kind of shifted to being under that role oh um we uh um quickly realized that was not a uh a good decision to do (laughs) (laughs) and so i uh came into play and we kind of um tag teamed it the designer and myself were doing the estimating. Um, and then after that, um, we needed things to be more consistent. We needed things to be more accounted for. And the only way to do that is to have one person like really take charge of that role and come up with a clearly defined system for estimating. And so uh, I felt that that was kind of the, the thing in our company that needed the most work. And so I took that role on. Okay. And so did you then sort of put the system together for actually uh, doing the estimating? Was that your part of the responsibility that you had? Yeah, absolutely. Because up until that point, it was like, oh, let's just figure out numbers for everything and <laughs> um, figure out what a job costs. But there wasn't really a system or a method of 
you know, documentation and gathering all this stuff, what questions to ask and, and, you know, why and things like that to our subcontractors. And um, so I had to put together a, a system and um, a spreadsheet and go from there. So can you outline for us uh, a little bit about what that system is that you put together? What, how, how does it flow? Not in every little minor detail, but how does that system flow? Sure. So, uh, so I think it's important for the estimator to also be the one to write scopes of work for our trades. Um, it helps them understand the, 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 the job and what, they're actually getting numbers for. So that we receive the, the, the bid day set of plans. We immediately start writing scopes of trade for each uh, trade. Um, we do material takeoffs. Basically in doing that, the estimator is getting familiar with the job. Okay. Um, <clears throat> then uh, the estimator will go to the bid day and walk the subs through the scope of work. Um, because there's a lot of things that change once the, the subs come on to the, to, to the job site. Right. And then, uh, and then from that point on, it's all about um, how do you manage your subs, how do you get them to get you their numbers as quickly as possible and as thorough as possible? Um, and um, during that time, you're also um, getting material costs. You're um, getting selection costs and trying to find ways of saving money. Where can you get it cheaper? Things of that nature. So, um, so if, did I hear you right to say that you at Sardone are actually writing the scopes of work for your trade contractors? In other words, you're not showing them the job and then waiting for them to write up a contract. You're actually writing the scope of work for them? Correct. We, we actually write the scope of work for them. Okay. Now, aren't you a little bit afraid of missing something or is that what the trade day is for? That's that's what the trade day is for. Um, our scopes of work really just um, kind of is a helper to the set of plans. Okay. And um, we were hoping that walking them through the plans, walking them through the scope of work, we don't miss anything. And okay. really after that, it's problem solving, um, you know, things of that nature. And then, um, a lot of times the subs will be like, Hey, well, what about this? Yeah. And then right then and there we'll amend that scope of work and, and go from it. You okay. Know, that way. All right, cool. So you did the estimating for a while tag team did you did the estimating. Yep. And now I understand that not too long ago, maybe three months ago or so you actually hired on someone and do they, is what they do the estimating. That's it. That that's their role. Correct they are a full-time estimator. Um, okay. Why did you move to that? Why did you move away from your involvement and put it into the hands of somebody that's full-time? Uh, the, the main reason is time. Um, okay. I, 
I didn't have time to tackle estimating in the manner that I want it to be done and still focus on production. So is this a matter of growth? You're just, you've been growing. I mean, you used to be able to when you only did eight jobs a year, but now that you're doing 15 or 20, you can't anymore. Is that, is that the reason that it just took on the, that you can't handle it anymore? Um, maybe, maybe, but I think the, the main reason is, uh, time in a day in a work day. Like if I'm trying to focus on production and jobs, um, but also estimating there, it's two totally different, um, fields, totally different mindsets. So like, like, kind of like a writer who's writing a novel, they have to like turn their brain off and get into, to that, you know, landscape. It's hard to turn off and turn on whenever you're doing two different things. And so my, my nights usually got really long at nighttime because that's whenever I had to turn off that production side of my brain and start focusing on details, numbers, scopes of work, plans. Um, So that's kind of the reason. And there were, after having done the estimating role for some time, I think I did it for almost two years. um, I realized like there is so much more than just figuring out what a job costs and putting a contract in front of a, a client um, that needs to be done. And I just don't have time to do that. So that's why we decided like, we need to get a full-time estimator to, to tackle all this. So one of the questions that always comes up, and I don't know if Stephen and you had this conversation or not, but probably somebody said, how are we going to pay for this? <laughs> right. And, uh, and so how, how did that play out in your, in your development as a company? How did you guys say like, well, this is how we're going to pay for that. Right. So, uh, the, the question, you know, yeah, it kind of comes down to, uh, the question of, can we keep them busy, um, for one, and that did pass through my mind initially, but um, it didn't last long just because <laughs> I knew what it took and I knew where I wanted the, the role to go. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing is, is that, you know, um, our estimator is uh, fully billable on an hourly rate. And so we, we include that within our design retainer that we give our clients and we say that X amount will cover roughly the design of your project. And then we allot X amount of hours for estimating if you want to go that far into this. And so like his time is fully billable. And so all 40 hours or whatever he's working is billable to a job cost of some kind Correct. and to to the client. Oh, that's really cool. That's a little bit different model than I typically see, but that's a a great, a great way to look at it. So they become part of the design agreement billing, if you will. 
Correct. Correct. Oh, yeah. So real yeah. quick, uh, you said if you want to go that far, what did you mean by that? Uh, you know, because we kind of do we do a uh, a feasibility set study, so so to speak. And so we'll 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 do like a good design process. And if the client um, wants to continue on in our process, that next step is to start getting an actual number to what this project will cost. Okay. But you're, you have fixed big contractors. Yep. yep. Cool. So what would you, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the question of how do we keep them busy? And, and you said, I, I know this is going to, they'll be busy. But did you ever like consider, and one of the questions that was asked by the listener that prompted all this conversation was like, they're thinking about like having them do this and estimating and, and this and estimating. How would you respond to that? Would you say, look, let just let them estimate? Or would you say that there might be a place for two different functions? Right. So... <laughs> I think it really depends on what that other thing is okay, um, or how you're kind of putting the parameters on, on all these tasks. Um, for us at Sardone, our estimator writes scopes of work. Yep. Our estimator does the trade walkthrough days, bid days is what we call them. Um, he does the material takeoffs. He, you know, sends for costs of material and, and he organizes the finished selections and accounts for all that. Um, but he's also, um, you know, recruiting subcontractors constantly. Okay. He, right. you know, our, our sub base has doubled in three months because he has the time to do that. He has the time to pick up a phone and call subcontractors um, and talk to them about stuff. He's also constantly running reports of all of our subs and their estimates on our jobs so that he can, he is just starting to tell our subs how much they should tell us, how much they should charge us to do these projects because we have a track record now. Um, he's running monthly reports with lumber yards, he, you know, getting up to date pricing on all this stuff um, and trying, you know, just trying to figure out where can we get the same stuff for cheaper. Um, and, and honestly, like the, all those things are things that you kind of have to do by sitting down behind a desk on the phone, on your computer, you can't be like at a job site in your truck on the phone. Like it just, <laughs> it's not manageable that way. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, with that idea that there's so much more to it than just plugging numbers into boxes that you would advocate for at, at least at a certain size, full-time estimator that can cover basically all of these different areas. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. So when you started looking for this person, um, did you hire from within by any chance or did this person come from outside the company? This person came from outside the company. We, okay. uh, we put together a job description and okay. posted it. And um, that's how we kind of came into con contact with them. What were you, what were you looking, what traits, I guess, what, what, told you 
this person can do the job and they'll get along with me. <laughs> right. right. <No>? <laughs> <laughs> really, really, it came down to uh, three things. One was I wanted them to have some type of experience in estimating. Okay. It didn't have to be a lot, but it had to be some type of experience. Um, the second thing is they had to be very organized. And the third thing was they needed to be able to pay attention to details. Those were really the three criteria that I had. And uh, I think they've proven to work well. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, how do you know you're sitting across a conference table from this person who presumably wants a job? And I've mm -hmm. been through a lot of, I've been on the boss side of a lot of interviews and I look at the person and they're always trying to impress me with how smart they are, right? How did you know something like details and organized? How, how did you get to that? So, I mean, I can I can actually take you back into that moment in the interview when I was sitting across the desk room. I uh, looked at him. I was like, OK, hold on. I don't ever do this, but just wait. I went and got my laptop. I put it on our TV in the conference room and I actually pulled up my spreadsheet for a job that I was estimating currently. OK. And I walked him through the estimates and, and told him, this is why I'm doing this. This is. When I plug in numbers, this is why I haven't plugged in numbers yet and all this. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you think of this? And so I was waiting to kind of gauge to assess what his response would be. Okay. And his response to me was, well, it seems like that works, but there's a much more efficient way of doing all this. Okay. And so we just started talking and right then and there, I kind of was like, okay, he, he, he's the one. It made, it made, it made <laughs> sense. And what was his, what was his estimating experience before he came to you? So he, he did, he did, he, he worked for a company that did a lot of commercial um, okay. up in uh, Boston. And um, <laughs> I know where that he, is. Yeah. And uh um, so like his estimating and stuff were kind of larger scale. Sure. And so, um, he, which is great, um, because it brings a kind of a second perspective to, to and probably table. for what you guys are doing, it probably involves a lot of subcontractors absolutely. like what you do from that commercial world. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay, cool. So, he comes on board. He's got all this experience out there in the commercial world. Uh, who knows why he moved to Texas? He's probably running away <laughs> from somebody in Boston. But anyway, what kind of training did you do to get him up and running? Did, was it like, hey, here's your computer. Have a good time, dude. Or, uh, you know, what, what did you do? Because I think that's another aspect of this whole thing that can be really dangerous is yeah. bringing somebody in and saying, Hey, here's a job. Tell us how much. <laughs> and, right, right. and then not knowing what kind of training did you do uh, with them? So because we, because I kind of had developed a, a system and process uh, for estimating um, the, the training was pretty simple. Okay. I brought him up and kind of just 
caught him up to speed on what was already going on. And uh, that was kind of the training. And I made it very clear from the beginning, the expectation that I only want estimating to get better than how I've been doing it. All right. Right. I expect you to, to take ownership of this and just take us to the next level. I am not married to anything that I've created. I want it to be better, but my training for you is to tell you how I do it and why that way you can better assess like, Oh, okay. Well, if I want to change this or change that, I need to know why I'm changing it because there's no, no reason to change something and then have to change it back because we do it that way because of some, some other area in our company, right. You know, the way it works. So, um, and then, uh, you know, once we got to that part point, then, you know, he's doing the job and he's constantly, um, sending things to me for review. And so we're just kind of taking it step by step right now. We're in a place where I am reviewing every estimate. I'm reviewing the scopes of work that he writes. I'm reviewing everything and, you know, notating it, handing it back for changes until he um, really catches on to all the details, you know, that are, uh, Sardone construction world has. Um, and then eventually I won't be reviewing them anymore. Okay. So. Yeah. Every company has their own, like, this is the way, this is the way yeah. we think. And so you yep. can't just, you can't move from one company to the next without some <clears throat> re-education, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. That is there. So what do you think you've gotten from this? I know it's it's fairly short time frame, just three months. But what do you think the biggest bang for the buck, so to speak, is by by bringing this person on full time? I'm assuming it frees up some of your time, but I guess it frees up a lot of my time, <laughs> a lot of your time. I know we were always on you about working too many hours, and so maybe this That's is part right. of that part of that solution. But um, other than that, what what else have you seen that might be a uh, advantage or a, a benefit that maybe you thought you would get, but maybe, maybe you didn't think you'd get it. Well, um, I would probably say, uh, our roster of subcontractors, um, deepening that roster has been a huge benefit. Um, just having yeah. somebody, uh, that has the time. And I mean, frankly, it's part of the, the job description, right? Right. Oh, you can't get me this at the price that I need it. I need to find somebody that can, you know, type type mentality. And, uh, I mean, now within three, three months, we've doubled our sub base and that is remarkable. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I'm seeing all across the country, is companies are growing and they're just over taxing their their yeah. current trades. And even if they do in-house work, it's the electrician, everybody's getting getting overtaxed. And it's really hard to find more people. Right. Especially when you're busy like yourself as a production manager, 
trying to make sure all the other wheels are running. So I, Absolutely. I think that's a huge thing. And the uh, Chris Fox from Fox Home Renovations said the same thing, that their guy is in charge of making sure that there's more subs and that they've seen their base grow because of that and, and so forth like that. So any, anything else like that that you can think um, of? N- you know, I think, I think just uh, the, you know, saving time from a lot of people in the office and uh-huh. um, the sub base are the two huge things that we're really seeing um, currently right now. Um, cool. You know, and, and of course, you know, uh, having another set of eyes on things, um, when it comes to estimates and those details, it is always helpful. Yeah, that's cool. So, so Brian, when you, um, brought in the new estimator, was there anything that caught you off guard? You didn't expect a byproduct of the situation, a new, uh, um, software that you had to adopt and was there, or, or maybe it's something that, uh, this person brought to the role that you had not expected? I think, uh, I think I didn't expect how quickly um, he could get us up and running almost um, in a new uh, way that would allow us to bid jobs with twice as many subs uh, you know, get twice as many numbers in. Um, and that was just based on his experience. Um, really that, that was probably one of the things that kind of caught me off guard. Cause I was kind of planning for an onboarding process yeah, twice as long, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, cause I, I come from the field at the job sites where it's like, you watch me do it. Then you watch me do it and you help. Then you do it and I help you. And so it's kind of like this process. Well, it's a little different in an office environment, you know, computers and and programs and things of that nature. So, yeah, really, really cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here, Brian. I'm just kind of wondering you know, again, this this whole topic came from a listener who's considering hiring a full time estimator, and you know, thinking about like should they sell and estimate? Should they project manage? You know, all these questions that they've asked. And so, kind of as a last point here, what would you encourage anybody out there? How would you encourage that? What would you encourage them to do if they're thinking about hiring a full time estimator? I would say, uh, just do it. (laughs) Um, I was thinking that was coming. (laughs) Just do it. You know, our estimators time is fully billable. Our sub base is growing and we're just doing much better estimating all because we made the decision to hire a full-time estimator. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, such a cool thing. Well, thank you so much, Brian. This has been incredible. A lot of the similar points that Chris made, a couple of episodes back, but some new ones, which I thought were were fantastic. And um, we really appreciate you taking a little time out today. Oh, I appreciate it. I had a blast. Thanks a lot. Take care. So Tim, we are on uh, part two here. What, what really stood out is uh, any of the differences or um, 
yeah, new things that we've learned with our uh, talk with Brian. So the new thing is like the billable thing, you know, mm-hmm. how are we going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to make it part of our design agreement billables to the client, which a lot of people have design agreements. And so that's how uh, they're paying for it. Um, you know, I think there were a lot more uh, similarities, but the other thing that were similar, but a little bit more distinct was like, I asked, what were you looking for? And he had, you know, some experience, which he found a good guy that came from commercial. And that's probably a really good experience because of uh, how detailed it has to be in the process. But organized, I thought was a a great thing. And then uh, paying attention to details and and how uh, that's important. And then that little story told about, you know, putting their theirs up there and the guy goes, I think it can be done more efficiently. You know, that tells you a little bit about who they are. And of course, yeah, I think he, he found somebody that would own the job. And I think from everything that I'm hearing, that's one of the most important things is they can't just say, Hey, my job is to collect numbers and put them on a spreadsheet. My job is to own this thing. I own this process and, and I going to make it better uh, as we move forward. And, you know, the ultimate, what's the ultimate goal is the profit profitability piece. Yep. And, um, you know, the, also the, uh, picking up the phone and reaching out to subs. This is something that, uh, from both Chris and Brian, it's just, man, what a cool thing that they're doing to be able to expand, especially now, um, yeah. you know, not just avoiding a potential price creep of, you know, subs you've worked with for years, but now it's just, you know, the availability of subs and not, having to kind of scamper around and <laughs> grab yeah. people, um, you know, they can't. So my, so my thing, the thing that I'm thinking kind of, again, as we wrap up, but the idea that both Chris and Brian uh, mentioned and Brian really honed in on it was this idea that whoever's doing the estimating now, if they are doing other things, Number one, they're not going to be as good at it as a full-time estimator. And number two, it's going to free up their time. And so I'm sure, you know, Brian looks at it by saying, you know what, now I have more time to focus on the production processes and the systems. I'm not bogged down by that other task. And it went by really quickly, but he also said, and every and it took a load off everyone else in the office. And that's, again... Yeah same kind of thing that was mentioned in episode one was that by taking stuff off of other people it increases the capacity of the company and still maintaining great service and great customer uh, relationships yeah well this is so cool we want to thank for brian for joining us today we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show and remember at the tim fowler show we're working hard to eliminate It is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.